This is a Berean Family Devotional. For more information about Berean Baptist Church, visit bereanfamily.com. For tonight, we're going to be in Matthew 26. And I shared on my Facebook, if you want to look um, after, the, after the talk, just a Passion Week sequence of different things that happened every day. And really, as far as we know, in the biblical record, we don't know a whole lot that happened on Wednesday of Passion Week. But there are two things we're pretty sure occurred, and we're going to look at those at the beginning of Matthew 26 um, in just a second. Um, The main idea I want to talk about with you just for a few minutes as we just jump into the Word together is this idea that God is moving all the right pieces. God is moving all the right pieces. And if, if you're a good friend of mine and you, you, you know me, uh, one of the things you know about me is that I really like to play chess. And I don't get to play quite as much uh, as I'd like. My kids are a little young. I look forward to the day when they're old enough to play. And um, so shout out in the, in the comments if you like to play chess and we'll do a lunch date and I'll bring the board and we'll play some chess together. But uh, the interesting thing about chess is that every piece uh, has a different um, ability. It can move in different ways. Unlike checkers, where every piece is pretty much the same, in chess you have different pieces that move and function in different ways. And sometimes um, in chess, it's, it's all about strategy. And one of the things that I enjoy about the game is that it's about thinking ahead and the ultimate win is to take out the king. You know, you want to check and then checkmate the king. And the interesting thing is you might even sacrifice your most valuable attacking piece, which would probably be the queen. You might give it up in what seems like a unbelievable sacrifice for no no purpose. Like, why would you do that with the intent of drawing your opponent into a checkmate? And I want us to see God as the ultimate chess player. I want to see God as the ultimate chess player. And, And he is constantly moving pieces. God is always moving the right pieces. And I think this word is really relevant to us this evening because we live in a time that's that's very, um, you know, it can be scary, it can be worrisome, a time where we're unsure. Like, God, how, why would you let this global pandemic happen? Uh, why would you let my friend get sick or my family member be laid off? Like, I talked to a person today and um, they might have a sale just fall through and they might lose their income for weeks because of, and this is all because of the pandemic. And, and many of us are in a similar situation. We're like, God, why would you, uh, you know, make me stuck at home uh, with my, my kids all the time trying to homeschool them? I didn't choose that. And so we go through these difficult things. What we need to remember, what I think we can see from Matthew 26 this evening, is that God is always moving the right pieces. He's always moving the right pieces. And I'm going to be reading from starting in verse 1. And again, this is probably Wednesday of the Passion Week. And it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. So again, right from the get-go, we see that Jesus is not taken by surprise. It, if it, it's not even that. It's further than that. He knows what's going to happen. He knows exactly what's going to happen. 
and occur. He's not surprised. He's, he's planning this. And if you remember my sermon uh, from a year ago on Palm Sunday, I talked about how God orchestrated the Passion Week at the exact time that he wanted it, that, his, that Christ would be most glorified and that his crucifixion would be seen by the greatest amount of people during this Passion Week, whether it be from the triumphal entry all the way to his crucifixion. This was with great intentionality. And right from here, we see that Jesus knew his time had come. His time had come. He wasn't going to be surprised, as we see by a second, that the leaders of the day were plotting for his demise. He wasn't surprised by that, that people were going to try to kill him. He, he expected it. He, he, he desired that, knowing that it would bring glory to the Father. He wasn't even surprised that one of his own, Judas, was going to betray him. This was all part of the plan. And so God is always moving the right pieces, even when things look dark, even when things look negative. And what I'd like you to do, and because I, I want this to be participatory, is as you're thinking through this story and listening to me, I think most of us have a time in our life that we could share where God was moving pieces and it was scary. It was terrifying. Maybe it, it seemed negative or bad, e even wrong in the moment, and yet God was working it together for good. And if you have an example of that, um, post that in the comments. Maybe you lost a job and that led you to a better opportunity. Maybe it allowed you to spend more time with family. Maybe God opened a, a door and you walked into it and it was, it was a negative thing, but then he worked that together to grow you to who you are today. Maybe you know someone who went through difficulty. Um, so think about how God has moved those pieces in your life. And I'd love for you to share that. I'd love to read a few of those in the, in the comments below. But I think that would encourage everyone watching just to see God is always moving the right pieces, even when it doesn't seem so. And so we see Jesus. He says, my, my time's come. I know in two days I'll be crucified. And in verse 3 it says, Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly, and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or they may, there may be a riot among the people. So here we have the Jewish spiritual leaders, political leaders, the ones who are pulling all the strings in society of the day, and they're plotting, how can we kill Jesus at just the right moment? When's the right time? We know we need to take this guy out. And this has been ongoing for a long time. Um, in Jesus' ministry, he had opposition throughout, but now it's finally reached a climax. And they're ready to take out Jesus, and they're plotting. But what they don't realize is that they're actually just pawns in the strategy of our Savior. Like, in their mind, they're taking control. We're going to take out this threat to our spiritual hierarchy. But in the mind of God, the master chess player, he's just moving the right pieces at the right time for the world's good and for his glory. He was, he's playing the perfect game of chess. And so we see that the, the, they're like, hey, when are we going to do it? And they're plotting to the best of their imagination how we can do this in such a way that we can get away with it and still have the support of the people. And then you have uh, Jesus who's saying, this is all according to my plan. I am orchestrating this for the good of all of mankind and for the glory of God the Father. So you, so you see there, you see the one piece. And, and what I want us to see in this too is that opposition to what we're doing doesn't always mean that we're out of God's will. I think uh, with the health, wealth, prosperity, gospel movement, there is this idea that if we're following Jesus the way we should, very often everything will be easy. Everything will be good. It'll be smooth sailing. But what we see even in the life of Christ Sometimes that opposition is the confirmation that God is working 
the way, um, working his plan, and, and maybe it even means more so, maybe you're in the line of fire because you're doing something for the Lord. So don't take that, discour- don't be discouraged when there's difficulty, when, uh, when there's hardship, maybe in, in, in a family situation where there's difficulty or conflict, maybe that's God working for our good. Rita just shared, having cancer um, taught me that I have no control over my life. It actually brought me closer in my walk. And I learned, let me see if I can, to depend more on God. Isn't that the truth? Um, whenever we realize, and that's something I know for me as well, that this coronavirus, again, has shown, man, things become so easily demonstrated that we're not in control of our life. And we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. We learn to trust God. Ashley shared that years of infertility were hard to walk through, but God's timing is perfect. Ashley, thanks for sharing that. That is so true. Like sometimes in the moment, you think, man, God, why are you putting me through this? I don't want to suffer in this way. But God is moving all of the right pieces at the right time for his glory, for the win, for the win. So, so we see that. We see that the spiritual leaders of the day were in opposition to Jesus. They're plotting for his death, all just a pawn in the hand of Christ. And we see one more. If you move down to verse 14, it says, Then one of the twelve, okay, and feel the weight of that, one of the twelve disciples, one of those closest to Jesus, one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? What are you willing to give me if I deliver Jesus over to you? So we know that Judas was aware that actually that there were the spiritual leaders of the day plotting to take him out. And he was going to use this circumstance for his own gain. Hey, I can maybe make some money. And you think, man, how could he do that? And I don't know if you've ever been betrayed. If you've ever gone through like a personal betrayal of a relationship you had, maybe a, a colleague or maybe even a family member, and they just, they just left you hung out to dry. And, and Jesus was about to go through this. But again, we see that God, the master chess player, was using Judas again as just a pawn. And he, he knew exactly, even I, I believe the day he chose Judas to be one of his disciples, he knew that Judas would fall in this way. He knew of Judas's inadequacy and his inability to handle that. You don't think that Jesus was maybe slightly suspicious in making Jude, him that Jesus was slightly suspicious of making Jesus, uh, Judas the treasurer, the one who held the money? Like maybe that would have been a bad idea. But Jesus was again working his master plan for his glory. You know, Marsha shared having panic attacks and not being able to leave her house for almost nine months brought her to her knees and all for the glory of God. No, that, thank you for sharing that. Jeff, you shared our company was bought recently and they updated us. Um, and then the governor issued this. Um, and the buyout allowed you to keep working. Yeah, I mean, even in the midst of some of the w- most difficult circumstances, we got to trust that God is working. And here you have a personal betrayal. Judas is setting up this this plan to hand over Jesus to those who want to kill him. These um, spiritual leaders are ready to take out Jesus. All this is this is two days before the crucifixion, and they're plotting all of this. But in reality, if you, if that's all you saw, you're like, this is not good. This is not good. It's like the dark part of a movie. We're like, how can this come about for good? He's going to be betrayed. The spiritual leaders are rejecting him, and they're plotting against him. How is Jesus going to ever come out on top? But you know, you know where we're going on. Good Friday, and then where we're going on Sunday, Jesus was working everything together like the master chess player for his good, 
for his good and for his glory, our good and his glory. And so I want you to think, you know, how is God moving the pieces in your life right now? Maybe it's even in the midst of um, this pandemic of the coronavirus. Maybe God's doing some things and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to have a job in a week. Or, or maybe there's a health challenge or I don't know if I'm going to be healthy in a week. And you're, just, and you're like, you know what? Let's be humbly submissive. And like so many of you have already shared, God, what are you trying to teach me in the midst of this difficulty? What pieces are you trying to move in my life so that you can be glorified through me? One of my favorite examples of the faith is Johnny Erickson Tata. Um, she started the organization Johnny and Friends, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with and have even served with. Johnny Erickson Tata, even as a teenager, became a paraplegic. And she was a follower of Jesus. And her ministry has touched the lives of millions of people. Not because, you know, and not because she sat on the couch just feeling like, woe is me because I can't walk now um, and, and everything's taken away. But she's a, an unbelievable writer, a fabulous painter, an amazing speaker. And she's doing all these things for the glory of God in the midst of being a paraplegic, in the midst of, of the suffering that she's going through. What is God writing? What story is God writing in our lives today? Maybe the life of our church. You, you know, Berean, we've been through a couple of years and there's been some difficulty and there's been some challenges. What is God trying to teach us as a local church that we would become a, a, a better bride of Christ, uh, that we, we are be white and pure before him so that we can be a light in this community? God is moving all the right pieces at all the right times for his purpose and for his glory. All right. So if continue to share in the comments, I'd love to hear some of those things that you've seen in your life where you feel like God's been working things together for his glory. I know even people who watch this later might be um, reading through those and be so encouraged by your testimony of, of how God has worked in your life, even in the, in the darkness. We're doing a neat thing over the next few days um, that we're challenging you to do as the Berean family. And that's just post um, a video quickly on social media of you and your family saying happy Easter from the Lineweber family. Sarah and I are gonna get the boys together and do one of these soon. Uh, I think a few people have already posted them. And make sure you type the hashtag in Berean Easter. One, keep it all one word, Berean Easter, hashtag Berean Easter. And we're gonna choose a few of those to, to actually play um, Sunday morning during the service, so so share the you know share that I'll, you know wish everyone else a happy Easter since we can't actually be together and see one another. That's a great way just to wish one another a happy Easter and remind all our friends online um, that He is risen. He is risen indeed for us. So again, we'll see you tomorrow night. Um, let me just pray for you before we head off, and let's just pray that we would trust God um, in, in His moving the pieces of our life for his glory. So let's just pray together. Jesus, I thank you for everyone who is watching this now online and who tuned in um, maybe later tonight um, or tomorrow, God, that you would just help us to remember, God, that you love us and that you are working all things together for our good and for your glory, even in the midst of suffering, even right now in the midst of pandemic, and we can trust you. I thank you for Berean. I thank you for a church of um, just amazing families. And God, may we be used all the more um, in the midst of every circumstance to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. If you just tuned in kind of halfway through, uh, this should be available on our Facebook page. 
um, you can go and watch the whole thing later. And make sure you check out a little earlier, we shared on the Brian page and on the Surge page, um, Michael, our uh, worship assistant, he shared an amazing song um, that I think would really encourage you today um, called, uh, I think, Quarantine Life. So check that out too. Great talking with you. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you again soon.